Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, and thank you for joining us. Today, we speak with Caroline Henley about her journey from yoga student to yoga instructor, her thoughts on training while pregnant, and what she thinks the yoga scene in London is going to look like in the future. Side note, when we recorded this, Caroline was still pregnant. However, she has now welcomed her beautiful baby into the world. So congratulations, Caroline. Without further ado, I'm Coach G, and this is Life Up Until Now. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you today? Good, how are you? Oh, very well. Thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it. So, yeah, we're, we're just going to find out a little bit about you, where you've come from, you know, what you're doing right now, and, uh, and where you think the, the industry is heading. So, you know, maybe for our listeners, could you give us a, a little bit of your history? What have you achieved or where have you come from in the health, fitness, and, and wellness industry? Um, so I guess I started out teaching yoga almost straight away after my first teacher training. Um, and that quickly developed into teaching full time, which was great. Um, and actually I started out teaching in New Zealand because I was living there at the time. Um, yeah, mainly in Queenstown in the South Island, which is where I was living. And, um, yeah. And then eventually, obviously I moved back to London about, I guess it was about five years ago I think um actually, I suppose a lot has changed and developed since I've been in London because the way the industry is here versus say over where I was living and um nowadays you know I've been doing more sort of retreats and workshops and then in the last couple of years teacher trainings which has been awesome as wow. well so it's been quite long okay okay so why why did you get into or how did you get into to yoga in the first place was it something that you always found interesting or was it more because that was what you thought the the industry needed or or was going yeah no um, well the thing is is that sort of 12 13 years ago it was very different to how it is now so you know, when I left London, I didn't really know anything about yoga at all. Um, and I went traveling and I was living abroad. I was actually living in Whistler, a ski resort in Canada. And um, and I just finished like dance and musical theatre school. So I'd gone from a super intense, you know, like kind of fitness, as you'd imagine, background, uh, really rigorous training. And then I went traveling and found myself in this uh you know ski town snowboarding every day and all these sort of aches and pains and stuff started to come up so even though I was quite fit, it's a different sport right I mean you'll relate to that. so and and what was crazy is that in Whistler for for a small ski town everyone was crazy about yoga and Lululemon and so I was like okay well I'll just 
go and check out a yoga class. And I think my first class ever was a level three huffer. And I didn't really know what that meant. So I just <laughs> took myself <laughs> along. And I remember at the, I went with a friend and, you know, it was good fun. I wasn't put off at all, but I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. And I do remember she said, okay, so now if you want to come into your headstand up, up to eight minutes long. And I just remember, I mean, this kind of shows my age and I suppose probably my personality. Obviously I was like, I'll give that a crack. Yeah. <laughs> and I lasted the whole eight minutes, probably to the detriment of my head and neck, I don't know. But, um, and I just remember thinking, wow, that was like a lot harder than I'd thought. I don't even know what I thought went in, when I went in, but I remember physically it was quite challenging. And I think I did like maybe another one or two classes there, but but nothing that really sort of floated my boat, if you like. And I suppose I was busy snowboarding. So actually I didn't get into yoga until I moved to New Zealand, which was straight after Canada. And I actually got into it at a gym of all places. Um, and it really was just like a tiny little gym in the middle of Queenstown and I just went to this class and I couldn't tell you even now what style it probably was but I just remember thinking the teacher was amazing and so I think it's that real example of you know when you relate to a teacher or not and she was really heavily pregnant and she was teaching this class and so I kind of knew she only had a few months left of teaching and I wanted to make the most of it and I do just remember coming away from the classes thinking I don't know if we did march, but I feel like phenomenal. And that was what kept me going back is I remember that feeling. So that's kind of how it started is I would actually say probably in the gym in Queenstown. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Very, very cool journey. And again, I, I can wholeheartedly relate to that because again, you know, on my journey, my yoga journey, I think, you know, I'd, I'd dip my toe into you know, different ideas, different philosophies. But it was really when I started coming to your class all those years back at uh, the House of Yoga that, you know, it, it all kind of came together. It was the philosophy, it was the movements, but also it was the guidance that you kind of, um, you know, passed on. It, it wasn't a it wasn't a competition. It wasn't a challenge. It was just about being present and, and going through the flow at your own pace. And, you know, again, you know, it sounds like you come from a very similar position where, you know, you had to work hard, you had to be the best, you had to put in extra effort, just a little bit more, you know, from, from my racing days running, you know, that, that was it just a little bit harder, a little bit more, you know, if he's doing it, I can do it and I can do it a bit better. But suddenly I step into your class and all of that goes out the door. And I don't mm -hmm. know if it was the fact that I was there mentally and emotionally or if it had to do with your teaching, your guidance and, and how you structured your class. But yeah, I 100% I connect with that. So, so just moving back to what you, you were talking about, you know, your experiences in, in both Canada and in New Zealand, how, how do you find that that changed or, or the industry differed between those two places, which are very, you know, more outdoors, more nature related versus coming to the UK and applying what you learned here? 
Oh, I mean, so different. I mean, looking back, I think in Whistler, it was, although yoga was massive and I felt very much like I didn't, I hadn't caught on to, to everything that everyone was talking about. Um, there was a sense that just everyone did it. So if you ski, yeah, you totally should be doing yoga as well. So I, I definitely caught on that there was this trend, but it's weird how I didn't really um, go to lots of classes there. And yet that's, it was super popular. And yet in Queenstown, um, it was definitely around, but I wouldn't say it was sort of booming. And yet I found myself in that class. So I think credit probably to the teacher, maybe the right time for me, you know, just later. Um, and, and then the thing is, is I spent a good, I think I was there almost six years. So on and off between Sydney and, and um, Australia and then New Zealand. And honestly, the industry changed phenomenally during that time. So by the time I came back and I was teaching in New Zealand, and then by the time I left, I mean, we were talking about you had five studios in Queenstown, which again is a ski town. It's, it's insane. So that changed massively. But then to then go and move back here was really strange because firstly, it had changed here, developed massively as well. But I would say exactly in some ways it was on the cusp. So it was just at that turning point. So Sydney, for example, was saturated with yoga. So we weren't quite, we hadn't quite caught up to them, but you could see it was in that change. And House of Yoga in Putney, you know, was quite new. I think it had only been there a year when I walked in there. And those, I feel like I came to teaching in London, having taught for six years, and all of the teachers in London were really new. And yet I was really young, you know, I wasn't even 30. And it was as though I was like super experienced, which was so bizarre. Um, and so I've watched it over this last sort of five years. I mean, the change is radical. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, and um, yeah, it's become a lot more competitive for sure. And, and there's a yoga teacher and a yoga studio on every corner of the street. So it's so different now, you know, in every style going. Um, yeah, so... De definitely I can't now speak for what it was like what it's like in Canada and New Zealand anymore because I'm sure it's changed there but I think the big difference when I got back is that London being London it offers everything you know like you could just type in what type of yoga you want to do yeah. and we'll pop up right so yeah, yeah so that way amazing amazing and you, everything you've you've said is is so true and again in in my journey as well you you see and and you feel the development in in both positive and negative light where there's more knowledge there's more education there's people pushing a little bit harder and, and wanting to grow as um, instructors and then you have the um, Starbucks effect you know and where everybody <laughs> wants to kind of open up a yoga studio get hundreds yeah. of people in and you know wham bam but um you know again it's it's i suppose it's it's up to you as as the yoga instructor the teacher to to kind of deliver what you feel is appropriate using the the principles and the guidance from from your yoga practice actually you know on that note your journey in terms of knowledge and and development and and growth how how have you found your way through? Because I remember, and, and this is something that, you know, something that I'm still very uh, um, 
interested in and, and find it fascinating is yin yoga, which is more kind of from China, if I'm not mistaken, um, versus, you know, the traditional yoga from, say, the, the um, uh, Indian area. Yeah. Gosh, okay. So, yeah, actually, so going back maybe a step, when I was in New Zealand, after I had sort of started with probably looking back a very gentle style with this lady, I then moved to Bikram and definitely the avenue into wanting to teach. So I really credit that style for being the difference between me being like, oh, I really like yoga, it's really nice, to, oh my God, I definitely want to share this with everyone I know. And although I knew I didn't want to teach that particular style, the intensity, the discipline of it, the, I mean, I suppose some people would say it's hardcore, that appealed to me at the time and my age and my personality. And so I don't regret starting with Bikram and I would go to a Bikram class now even though it's not what I want to solely practice um is it really the discipline of it um was an amazing amazing avenue into my teaching and so then that took me to power yoga which is kind of what I still teach now and I love the physicality of it as I know I'm sure you do and I probably will always teach that style but I totally agree that the yin the yin yoga made a massive impact on me and I didn't really discover it properly until I got to London um, and I met other fellow teachers that were teaching it and it actually seemed to be kind of a bit more popular in London when I arrived than say abroad yeah. and the, the what came with the yin yoga is the training was very different the actual teacher training I went on um, oh. because they talked a lot more about the anatomy and a lot more okay. about people's actual ability to do some of the poses and now I mean I hate even saying it because it feels so naive and so I suppose looking back a real lack of knowledge in hindsight that I thought that if you just practice enough you will get into all the postures it's just a matter of time right, yeah. right? and yeah. now I feel so silly saying that because what the first yin training and I've done several now opened my eyes to was that no not everybody if they work at it day in day out is gonna feel the same thing as I am firstly and it's not gonna look the same secondly and thirdly they may never get that final posture that perhaps you know traditional yoga sort of requires of you and that blew my mind <laughs> and I'm sure you completely right. relate to this but so wow true. Was definitely yeah, it's a very humbling experience for me as a teacher because I had to say to myself, wow, I didn't know, and now I do, but you almost, I had to go through a process of knowing that some of what I had taught was from a place of naivety and a lack of knowledge, and that's quite hard. It's a bit of a hard pill to swallow, actually. Um, but once I kind of got my head around that, I just thought, well, actually, it's about moving forwards and educating people now that actually... It, yoga is for every single body but it will be different present differently feel differently so yeah 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 so so true and you know people get into yoga and, and start their yoga journey for different reasons some might want the effects that it gives you um, physically physiologically some might want it for the uh, mental health benefits and others just like the 
ideas and the philosophies. So really, like you say, as you develop, you you kind of learn how people are being um, welcomed in, how people are finding their way, and what type of guidance, what level of guidance um, is appropriate for each individual person. So yeah, I, I definitely connect with that. That's that's true. And you know, as as I go through my my own journey here in, in yoga, you know, it's it's about not just helping other people find an avenue for exercise, for for that release mentally, for that release physically, but also to help me understand what each person and, and how they approach the, the their own practice. Oh yeah, definitely. And also the, it's the fact that, you know, and actually I've learned a lot from my husband, we genetically, you know, if we looked at our bone structures and our physicality, it's, it couldn't be more opposite. And, you know, that doesn't mean I'm good at yoga and he's not though. It's just that the shape, you know, on my body is just going to look different to his and that he could practice for the rest of his life. And there'll be some things that I can do that he can't and vice versa. And it's that that is, I think, that makes teaching yoga, not just practicing it, fascinating. Because it's like this constant unraveling of the body that you'll never really get to the bottom of. It's really cool. Actually, speaking of of day to day, you know, you you're pregnant at the moment, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's changed. I know what you're going to ask me is <laughs> like, how is practice changed yes 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 so so right now kind of in in the position in in your if you know to use a a lovely yoga term in your journey um you know what what are you finding important what have you developed what do you feel you have put to the side more now that you're focusing on essentially growing a life yeah well, actually, I, again, I know I keep saying this, but I think you'll relate to this, but I had to, it feels like I had to have a bit of an extreme process with my yoga practice to get to a more balanced attitude towards it. And so I definitely have always been somebody who practiced a lot right from right from the, when I stepped into a Bikram studio and I was like, wow, I, I pretty much was practicing daily um, or a hell of a lot. And then when I got to London, I almost stepped it up even more um, because it felt like a treasure trove of yoga styles and teachers here that I hadn't explored yet. Um, and especially when you've been in a town where there's, say, I don't know, 10 yoga teachers and suddenly there's like hundreds. So when I got to London, you know, it was super intense, not because anyone made me. It was all from my doing. I went crazy and practiced a lot. And I don't regret that, but I think it was too extreme until one day I woke up and I had some like lower back pain and I ignored it a little bit because it wasn't that bad. And then suddenly it became quite bad. <laughs> and so right. it was a very, um, very difficult time because it was the first time where I actually was like, I kind of can't practice because this is really painful and I know I'm making it worse. So I was still teaching at the time, um, but pretty much I was like, I've got to do something different. And the only thing I could do, I mean, I'm laughing about now, but I wasn't at the time. The only thing I could do with zero pain was walking and running. 
everything else, right. yeah, I mean, I'm serious. Everything else was slightly inflammatory. And, and I'd already sort of said to myself, gosh, I really can't make this worse. That would be ridiculous. Like I've got to practice what I do in class. So I started running and I actually, you know, I had done sort of, I had been running on and off over the years, but not nothing like you, you know, not like super into it. That's all I do. It would always be a little bit sporadic. But I started running and um, absolutely loved it. And was like, why have I not been doing this for the last year in London? You know, why have I only done my yoga and then get on my bike and going from class to class? Um, and so I started running and walking and realizing and my body shape slightly shifted um, visually and it felt different. And I suddenly felt like, you know, as obviously my lower back pain got better as well, I was doing some strength work to help with that. And I realized that um, I had done so much yoga that in truth, I'd over-mobilized my body. Very common. Right. right yeah, yeah, it's very, very common amongst people who practice a lot of yoga. And, you know, I already come from uh, genetically, my body is very mobile anyway, even if I didn't practice yoga. Right. And like a lot of teachers, I think, fall into this trap, which is why I'm mentioning it. But um, the running seemed to sort of strengthen everything up and so and then I got more into my cycling with the running and so although I then went back to a gentle practice and started bringing it back into my life when the pain went it just made me realize how out of balance I'd been with it um and then I think it had not been good for me you know physically so the reason I'm telling you that sorry a bit of a long story but is because since that point, I now feel like in the last sort of at least three years, maybe four years, I've had I've brought everything into a lot more balance. So there's some running, there's some cycling, there's some walking, there's some yoga, there's some Pilates, you know, a mix. And my body has definitely gone from that moment, that injury, from strength to strength slowly with the variety. And so the, my practice, you know, it took me a while to get my head around it that. I didn't need to practice every day and that actually my body didn't necessarily sort of what's the benefit I suppose would be the right word from a daily rigorous vinyasa practice um so in answer to your question nowadays I don't practice as much as I used to and I will do a hell of a lot more walking and I was jogging up until maybe about a month ago um now that I'm a little bit heavier and I do a little bit of yoga practice each week but it's had to change slightly because now the bump lies away um and um and actually i do more like pilates and strength work to balance out where i do the yoga so that i stay strong um, yeah so that's been really good having a variety actually yeah yeah, yeah. so so kind of trading up intensity for skill really so utilizing the time you have to perfect what you're doing rather than you know going over and over and over as much as you can you know which is which is great in in some cases but you know when you like you said you, you're recovering from an injury you need to take a step back and kind of work on other areas that may need a may need further development yeah i just think you know looking back as i said i that took up my whole life. So I was teaching it, practicing it. And I can honestly say that I wasn't doing much of anything else in terms of exercise for that period of time. And it was like my body went, hold up, like there's other things. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so just 
adding in some running, walking, Pilates, just doing other stuff, spin classes, you know. And I was like, I love these things. So I don't know why I had to get so like, you know, fixated on just doing my practice. Um, but I also understand that at that time for my teaching journey, that was the right thing maybe. But, um, but now I love doing anything. So, and I think it's been good to have done some of the more strengthy stuff in I suppose leading up to pregnancy because you know as you know like your body's going to change in pregnancy anyway and everything gets a bit softer so I need it more now than ever so um yeah yeah brilliant brilliant so you, you still are practicing a small amount of yoga and as you said you know more skill rather than the the amount but you're also adding in other options to kind of help you, you know, not just on the mobility and the flexibility side, but also strength and great one, especially running and cycling. You're going to help develop your cardiovascular system in a way that, you know, only very limited types of yoga would allow for. Um, but, you know, and, and you're just giving yourself a little bit of, like you said earlier on, variation. It's it's the way yeah. to go. And like, I mean, you will have known this, but of course, because I wasn't, you know, super into my running, I just was that typical nightmare that just was like, okay, I'm just going to go and run and hope for the best. And so, and then I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like thing, this is like, I need to work at this. And I started training for a duathlon where I was cycling and running. And so I actually worked a hell of a lot on my technique and then a lot of strength work in relation to running and high impact because I felt strong in a yoga way but I didn't necessarily like I hadn't done any jumping so my calf muscles were shot to pieces after a run and you know all those kind of things that you would know but I didn't and so even that was a learning curve because you know I just threw myself into it as I do with everything and then I was like, right, okay, I really need to take this back a step now and do some like strength work for my running. So it's been really cool. I've really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, good, good. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. And, you know, what, what you're saying about the, the running, and I think now that I'm moving more into the, the yoga side as well, I, I do notice that. And, and again, I, I, I say this with with the idea that it's not everyone, it's not all of the, the pages, but if you have a look at Instagram and, and all these other social media platforms, especially the ones that are very focused on image, you'll notice handstands for yoga, you'll notice these very tough, very challenging um, poses. And again, for running, you know, scenic, incredible views on tops of mountains and you know, all of these kind of things. But there, there's no emphasis, there's no kind of guidance and support on how to get there. You know, there's there's none of that background of how much recovery, um, of movement speciality, you know, just making sure that you're moving correctly and safely. Um, you know, how hard or, or how much time you should be putting into that. And again, you know, what, what you, you, you've just said now, you, I'm sure you've also noticed this in, in the, the yoga world, but it's it's a lot of I want to be there now rather than how do I get there? What is my journey? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I so agree with that because, 
you know, if I'd posted a video of me in my living room doing like glute strengthening, resistance band work, like calf muscle jumping on the spot, no one's going to be interested, right? They're going to think I'm just a lunatic. But if I posted like me doing a 10K run in an amazing time on a mountain, maybe you'll get some more likes. So it's really, it's a very, and it's the same in the yoga industry, as you know, it's a very strange let's get to a point and um, and then just photograph and video that point that's really super cool. And part of it is like, well, firstly, that's not showing the real journey. Secondly, there is no point and end point. Like you haven't gone into this posture, say, and then now you're like this super duper yogi. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things like it's it's a learning process and, and everybody has their journey and, you know, you want to try and learn and, and speak to and, and work with as many people as you can. And again, you know, on, on the flip side of that, social media is, is a great place. Again, you know, going back to, to Instagram, Twitter, you can find those people that are on a similar journey and who may be a few steps ahead of you, a few poses ahead of you, a few races ahead of you who've gone through those challenges that you can approach, that you can speak to and, and talk to about, um, you know, some support or guidance that, that you may need or, or you help you with areas that you're, you're not comfortable with yet. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I remember going to this, um, there's a man that was teaching a very sort of traditional Indian Hatha class a couple of years ago. And um, it was so different to what I teach, but um, I really enjoyed it. And I remember him saying, because um, there were a lot of teachers in the room, that if you teach really, really authentically, um, he, and he wasn't anti-marketing, by the way, or anti-social media, not at all. But what he was saying is, if you really put out what's authentic and true to you, then people will come and people will notice and the right kind of people will come and notice what you have to say. And I you know, like I was, I think, eight years into teaching. So I wasn't a brand new teacher, but I remember coming away and it was definitely at that time where social media really suddenly was at the forefront and everyone was like, I can't believe you don't have an Instagram account and all of it hassling me. And and it really made me think like, wow, yeah, whatever I choose to do or not do out there marketing-wise or social media-wise, at the end of the day, if I just teach what feels really truthful to me, you know, then that will shine through ultimately however you want to put that out there so i tried to his words no. <laughs> you know yeah 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 i i 100% agree with you and i think you've you've hit the nail on the head with the authenticity of your teaching of your guidance of your knowledge not just that um your own practice you know people people do reflect on that and and do see what you're doing more than just the old days where they'd step into a class and that's all they saw of a yeah. teacher or a coach or someone who guides now it's are you living according to what you're preaching can you back up your your knowledge with uh, like you said authenticity how you lead and live your life but do you know what? I don't know if you relate to this or not, um, but there was a patch where it was quite tough for me because I'd built like a definitely, a, a, let's say, a reputation or a crowd around what I had been teaching. 
And then I did a little bit of a U-turn and I knew that my practice wasn't really what I was teaching and vice versa. And it wasn't quite matching up. And suddenly I felt slightly inauthentic. And I remember having a conversation um, with a friend at the time saying, well, people are coming to me because they, they're almost like they know what they're going to get on the tin, you know, and that's what they like. And I've been quite good at that. And that works. And obviously I work for a studio too. So I have to consider that. But I was like, but it's not quite ringing true to me anymore. Like I need to slightly change it. And, you know, I'll be honest, like it was a really, it felt like a very scary and quite a brave thing to do at the same time. But I just started teaching what I really, really wanted to. And my numbers dropped just temporarily and my crowd changed. And just as I was a bit like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here for a second. Maybe I should just go back to what I was doing before. And then literally the numbers just picked up not that it's all about that but at the end of the day we're a business I have to make money and to teach and continue on and um and actually what happened is just my crowd changed so the people who still were like oh this is cool this is different and I still want to come see her did and the people were there a bit like oh it's not what I want anymore just didn't and, and I had new people come in but it was a hard thing to do um yeah because you know if you are like us you know sort of self-employed and and you're your own business um you have to be careful that you don't put yourself out of business essentially of so, course yeah. of course it's, it's finding that uh, that comfortable middle ground where your support is is there behind you but also that you are moving in the direction that you feel comfortable and that you know is is the right way for you to to move you know, talking about that, that's that's a great lead on to kind of how you find the industry is moving forward and what, what do you really think of, and again, this is just kind of your opinion, but what do you think the future holds for, for the industry, for just everything in general related to health and fitness and, and wellness, really? Mm. I think a couple of, okay, a couple of things. I think, you know, I hate to mention the word, but obviously because of COVID and everything that is and has gone on, that's been a big shift for the industry because we were already going towards online and now we really are online, you know. And I think that's been a really positive thing for definitely yoga teachers because suddenly we're in the driver's seat. And whereas a lot of teachers or my friends were working for a gym, working for a studio, and although you're self-employed, you know, you are in their space, right? And now suddenly we're getting to go, oh, wow, like people can come just for me online from, you know, some living across the other side of the country and they can they can kind of check in and, and have a class. And I think that's really cool. Like I've been teaching people that I haven't taught for years because they don't have to be in London. So I think is going to develop more. I think whatever happens with COVID, I think we'll stay more online. Um, definitely and I think though the yoga industry in particular and maybe even the health industry who knows will also take a u-turn in the next who knows when couple of years maybe where we will realize that it's not all about the fancy stuff that photographs well and I think we will find a bit more of a balance again to why we really yeah I just think again a bit like myself actually we almost have to go to these extremes and then we somehow find the middle ground again. So I hope it goes that way. 
that the social media stays strong, but that we're just also capturing everything, not just a portion of it. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that, and and again, I my my thoughts are very similar. You know, I think it's definitely exposed us to other options. Um, it's definitely allowed coaches, teachers, um, educators who have some incredible knowledge and skills to be accessed a lot easier. Um, but on the flip side, obviously, you have people who are also trying to take advantage of the situation and, you know, finding loopholes and, and maybe, you know, people who, who need to work a little bit more and develop their style of training, their knowledge, you know, they, they may be slipping through the cracks a little bit easier than, than before. But again, you know, as you said, it's, it's, it'll come around. It's, it's swinging to one extreme at the moment and, you know, it'll, it'll eventually swing back to the center where everything evens out. And also, you're, I don't know if you're noticing this, but I think a lot more people and professionals like yourself are not just doing one thing anymore, you know, that they are exploring all the avenues of health and fitness. And so you are now seeing people, you know, that are interested in food and yoga and running and something else. And so I think the industry is also really um, is moving towards that kind of let's look at the whole picture not one aspect yeah you know finding that balance as you said earlier on you know it's it's about you know yes if yoga is my main focus great but let's not forget the enjoyment of going for a run let's not forget how good a a dip in the pool can be you know not just physically but emotionally mentally you know it's it's all of these all of these aspects coming together to create a whole versus focusing solely on one area, over developing that and having a, a shift in balance where it may not be the most healthy option. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I moved back to London, actually, because obviously it was a city, I totally got sucked into city life, even though I teach you know yoga and people would think oh you know but you're not in an office you know sitting at a computer nine to five but you know I suddenly realized I was spending most of my days indoors for a start and I, my favorite thing in life is being outside in nature and so you know I, again it's just finding that balance and sometimes we have to we go down a rabbit hole don't we and but eventually we come back out and we go oh yeah okay what about this 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 and actually like having my dogs has been um, amazing because I spend way more time out in nature now than I have done for a long time since living in London anyway and it's been a blessing yeah. oh, amazing yeah. amazing yeah and and again there, there is definitely something about London that that draws you in or or if if you prefer the term sucks you in um, you know it's it's vibrant there's everything is going on all the time and you know I I cherish some of the most incredible experiences that that i i had there but like you've just stated so eloquently it it limits you in the um experiences with yourself and and more importantly with nature which these days we're learning is so much more important yeah 
definitely. Um, it, in fact, is actually looking back, it sh it's shocked me that I even let, I mean, you know, gosh, as a yoga teacher, massive part of it is lifestyle and all those things. Yet even I got caught in the trap of like working insane amounts and being indoors all the time because I was working so much in a city and thinking that like, my bit of outdoors was like the half an hour cycle to work back. <laughs> I mean, crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. Just one more class, just just one more client. You know, that's that's all. And it, and it builds up and it builds up. It's great for drive. And, you know, it, it definitely does push you outside of your comfort zone. But it, uh, it, it is not very much room to kind of step back and... and you know, understand what your body needs to recover and, and that time, you know, again, so important to spend in nature and, and out there. So, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but as you build a reputation in any job or you become a bit more successful, you get asked to do more. And so at some point you have to go, oh, actually, this is enough or like there's my cutoff point. But it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? So. it it's difficult. It is. It's a challenge. It's, it's, that, it's that thing about life, learning what's important, what you say yes to and, and what you say no to. So, yeah, totally agree. Well, thank you very much. I, I mean, we could speak for hours and hours and hours. I know. It's always a pleasure <laughs> chatting with you. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. And, and what I'd like to do is ask our guests to kind of give a, a recommendation um, someone that the listeners out there can, uh, can look to for a little bit more inspiration, a little bit more information and knowledge, someone that you hold in high regard, um, you know, someone that you felt has given you something that you can take further. If, if you had someone just on the top of your mind, who would you, who would you recommend? Okay. I mean, Gosh, this is really hard because, as you know, you go through the industry and there's so many people that you learn so much from. I could never obviously pick up one person. Um, but there's definitely somebody in the last couple of years has influenced me massively. Um, and he's not super well known and he's not massive on social media, but his name's Gary Ward. And he um, it, he's all about body biomechanics and your foot and your feet not your foot your feet and, um, and so he I did a course with him but it, it, it's beyond that I guess I started wearing barefoot shoes because of him and I think it's more the effects and noticing what's going on in my body regardless of what activity I'm doing so he's been pretty amazing in terms of like my learning just in the last few years that I feel you can apply his stuff to anything you do. It doesn't matter if you're a runner, a yogi or whatever, or you're just day-to-day -day living with some pain in your body. So um, definitely him. But the, the only other person I did want to just mention is actually Joe Wicks, which I know the whole world loves him. Um, but in terms of role models and something that's accessible for absolutely everyone, which is what yoga philosophy is all about, I think he's amazing. And if I were to go down the avenue of, you know, that side of things, social media wise, marketing wise. I, I mean, he's just the most phenomenal role model and I really feel he's authentic. And so I, both those people just are super authentic in the way they come across. 
Yeah. Fantastic. That is amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to check them out, see what they're up to. And, uh, you know, maybe even uh, get in contact with them. Great, it's great. So thank you very much again, Caroline. Have a fantastic day. And um, you know what I'm going to do? We're uh, we're going to put some of your details in the uh, show notes below. Um, so if anyone wants to get in contact with you or check out what you're doing, say hi. Absolutely no problem. Thank you so much. Absolutely, have a fantastic day, and um, we'll definitely speak again soon. Love that. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Cheers. Bye for now.